All right, everybody, welcome to the Crossroads Podcast. I'm here with Ricky, a.k.a. Richard, and we're going to have a special guest today, Melanie, and I am Robert Harmon. We are hosting it today. We are coming to you live. We're actually not live. We'll be pre-taped, but you'll think we'll be live. It'll be okay. Y'all will be all right. First of all, I want to say, if y'all didn't come Sunday night and miss a great night of worship, Ricky, I want to commend you on that. You did a great, great job on the, the worship thing. And I even partaked, and people was like, man, I didn't know you sing. Well, people don't know about 15, 20 years ago, that's what I, I did for a living. I wrote songs, did music and all that, but that's enough about me. We'll move on. If y'all want to look me up, just go on YouTube and look up Ty and send me an angel or go to my Facebook. I post stuff all the time because I still do concerts and this and that. And sign a lot of autographs for people and send them in the mail. But today we have got a very special guest, and it's all about Melanie. <laughs> it's all about Well, her. if I wasn't nervous before, now I am. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know your backstory and how you became to become a Christian. Because everybody's got a testimony. Everybody's got a story. And if you would like to be on our podcast and you feel like it's something God led you to do, you tell your testimony and tell your story. I want you to come on here. We don't mind. That's what we want. We want realism. We want to find out the who's, the what's, the when's, the where, and the how. That's right. So for me, I think my story is not only so much about my salvation, but also about the transformation that's taken place since then. Because um, I was blessed to be raised in a Christian home, um, a lot of my most of my grandparents are believers, and so I have a background of faith. Uh, I was raised in the church, and uh, I decided to follow Christ. I was seven years old. It was at Vacation Bible School right here at Crossroads, and uh, I still remember uh, accepting Christ through prayer uh, with a cousin of mine who was also at Vacation Bible School with me, and I still remember the sweet teacher, Miss Kay Dozier. Miss Kay Dozier Thomas, um, who uh, discipled me and led me to that. And I also remember um, our pastor, Sid Nichols, at the time, who was walking through that with me. So for me, I don't have a story so much of, you know, this was my period of rebellion and this was how Christ, you know, brought me to faith um, so much as I do a lot of trials and a lot of suffering um, in my adult life. So I do want to give a little disclaimer to parents if they have little kids um, listening. You may want to distract them or listen to this later when they're not um, listening. Um, <laughs> I won't go into deep waters and stay there, but I do need to touch on things so that you understand um, the depth of my faith and where Christ has brought me. So um, I have survived an abusive marriage and um I was married young and never expected that to be my story but I'm so grateful that Christ brought me through that um there was a lot of church hurt um my pastor at the time chose to take sides and he didn't choose my side. And uh, I walked away from the church for a long time. About eight years. Um, and that triggered in me some serious mental health issues. 
um, some of which I still deal with today. So I just um, want people to know that they're not alone in their suffering, that um, Christ suffered a lot, and he understands your pain, but he's also there for you. And uh, I have a lot of hope um, being here at Crossroads for the last five years has been uh, very restorative for me. Being in a body of believers who follow Christ, um, who live out their faith on a daily basis, um, has been very encouraging to me. And uh, I love this body, and uh, I'm really honored that I get to serve on staff here now. Um, I'm, I'm a communications specialist here, so that can mean a lot of things. But for me, it means that uh, I get to love on people and I get to make pretty graphics and um, <laughs> and uh, communicate Very <laughs> and communicate with people. But um, you know, I don't want to. I don't tell my story to elicit sympathy, but just to let you know the depth of where Christ has brought me. Um. And I find in Scripture a lot of hope. And I want you to know that if you're suffering um, today through personal trials, that um, there's a lot of hope out there. And uh, that hope is found in Christ. And uh, I'd like to read for you. Uh, the Psalm 42 has been something that I resonate with. Has that been your rock, the Psalm 42? Yeah, yeah, because it clearly states that people in the Bible dealt with depression. People in the Bible dealt with hard times well, and wondering. We've all been through hard times. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's situation's different. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you know, it's like my story. I mean, same thing with her. I got depressed and tried to kill myself. Mm -hmm. So we've all been there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's major traumatic life events. Like you said, being abusive in marriage, I mm -hmm. went through a bad divorce. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, and, and you know, and, the, you know, the thing of it is, is, you know, you get out there in that world, you feel like, you know, they make years. I don't know if you felt like it. Nobody loves you. Nobody cares for you. My mm -hmm. pastor turned his back right. on me. He threw me to the sheep's wolves, mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, during the make years, did you ever see a glimpse of hope or did you just... Yeah, kept I mean, living I, in the world, and God would send you little signs, or you'd just be like, "Man, that's kind of God sending me something there." Well, I, you know, for the first couple of years after I divorced, you know, that's um, that's something you don't wish on anybody. It's um, it's extremely painful, and I did feel like I went through a period of where I felt like God was silent as far as speaking directly to me. But I think that was the cloudiness of the depth of pain that I was in. Um, I think. Um, one of the, some, I'll read this Psalm for you and then I'll go through a couple of things okay. that I learned from it that really helped me. Um, this is Psalm 42. This is, as a deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while all day long people say to me, where is your God? I remember this as I pour out my heart, how I walked with many leading the festive procession to the house of God with joyful and thankful shouts. Why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, 
for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. I am deeply depressed. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan and the peaks of Hermon from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your billows have swept over me. The Lord will send his faithful love by day. His song will be with me in the night, a prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go on in sorrow? Because of the enemy's oppression. My adversaries taunt me, as if crushing my bones while all day long they say to me, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in such a turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. So I learned a lot from this um, passage, and I'll just call out maybe three things that, I, that stuck out to me. Number one was just to keep seeking God, just the persistence. You may not hear him, but that doesn't mean he's not there. Um, he has spoken to us through his word. And we always have that to lean on in times when we may not feel him personally speaking to us because of the depth of our pain. He is still there and he has not forgotten us. Um, the second thing is to remember what he's already done. The passage talks about remembering leading people up to the temple and praising God. So and that's why I think it's important that we journal and document what God is doing in our lives so that we have that to go back on um, and look at and say, this is what God has already done. I know that he's there. Even when it doesn't feel like it, um, our feelings are not fact. Our feelings are not truth. But the word of God is true. Um, and I think last, just to choose hope, even when there's not evidence of a reason for it, that's that's the call of, um, of our lives is faith, faith in God and faith in um, things that we can't see. Um, but the passage, the last verse says to put your hope in God. And I just wanted to call out that that's, um, that's biblical hope. That's not a hope that's temporary or circumstantial. It's not, um, you know, I hope they have what I want at the restaurant tonight. <laughs> this is, this is a, a, a waiting and anticipation or expectation um, for what God is going to do. It's, it's our security that we have, um, our eternal hope that we have in Christ. Wow, that's pretty powerful right there. I mean, you kept on that word. And when when you was going through the, I wouldn't say dark period. I just, I wouldn't say dark period because it's, it, it, I just, the, the, the loneliness and the hurt and the pain. Was that something you kept with you at all times? Or was it just something you'd like, look at every once in a while and be like god if you really if you really cared for me you wouldn't make me go through all this oh yeah i mean i think i think i would be lying if i said there was not a ever a point when i questioned i mean i think um when you reach whatever rock bottom is for point. you yeah there's always a breaking point when i questioned and said i don't i can't understand you know um why but I think that's an eternal question uh, you know a universal question I would say everybody wants to know why does God allow suffering yeah you um, know you hear a lot of people tell their testimonies and the first thing they always say God if you're real send mm -mm. me come some kind of sign mm -mm. or show me I mean and it might be a different showing you know what I mean it's like 
Brian Headwell Chicorn, he had a different, you know, he was hooked on drugs and crystal meth, and he done got jacked up. And he says, Lord, if you're real, show yourself to me. And he showed him, and he got clean and goes all over and speaks now and all that stuff. So everybody's testimony is totally different. I mean, you could, it. everybody might think you have it going on on the outside, but on the inside, you're just a lost. I mean, you know, you can have the fancy cars, the fancy house, this or that, and people think you got it going on. And depression is something bad. I mean, it's it plays with your mind. It plays tricks on you, you know. I mean, some people have to get some serious counseling. So, I mean, it's something it's something serious, you know. I mean, you, it, it's not like a check, like checkers and you're playing checkmate. You're playing with your life. Now, sometimes people don't make it out the other side and be able to see Jesus. They either take their life or, or they they do something st- stupid, you know. And it might sound stupid to us, but we don't know what they're feeling. We don't know feel their pain. We don't know what they're going through. It's just like Melanie sitting over here telling her testimony. Same thing with Ricky. We don't know what everybody's been through in their life. All we see is when we walk in these doors of the church, we see Ricky and we see Melanie, we see everybody here. But when they leave this place, they could be having the worst time in their life. And it could be a bad season, it could be a great season, it could be a mild season. Just because you're going to church, don't think you got it going on. That's right. And I, too, wanted to encourage people. For me, it's been really important to look for the hope, to really reframe. We've talked about reframing our story um, in one of our first podcast episodes, um, you know, we we have to choose to place our focus not on our hurt, but on our hope, on the hope that we have in Christ. So I'm not saying that to say don't get the help that you need. Of course, you need help to process pain, trauma, abuse, things like that. You don't ignore it, but also you have to make the choice sometimes daily and sometimes hourly not to give your mind over to the hurt. Um, so as you begin to heal, look for signs of God's love and his faithfulness, even in the dark times, even if it's looking back and seeing what he's already done in the past, he's not done with us yet. If he was done with us, we wouldn't be here anymore and we would be in eternity with him. So as long as we have breath, we have hope. That's it. I mean, most people, they, it's like a lot of people I know, and I don't know if y'all got friends this way or whatever, but they always want to look in the past. If you'd have did this, and you would have did this, and you would have did that, and you would have did this, you you would still have this, this, and that. But you know what? I might not have found Jesus. I might not have known who my Savior was that delivered me from all that pain. Do I still got depression that I suffer with? Yeah, I've been through some traumatic things. I lost my mama when I was almost 20 to 21 years old, and I can still to this day, close my eyes, and I can still see that picture pointed vivid in my head. You know, and I was a volunteer firefighter. I've seen some stuff there, and I can just, certain smells, just certain things, just I can see it, and, and it and it triggers that. You know, it's nothing I can do. It's there. But if I wouldn't have went through all this to get to where I am today, you know, I feel like we got to look forward and we got to press forward. We can't be looking in the 
rearview mirror to see what we can do to change. The past is the past. You can't change it. We don't got no time machine. We can't jump back 50, 10 years ago. It is what it is. But we can learn from the mistakes we made in the past, and we can go forward. And, you know, we've been the thing we've been preaching on lately at this church is prayer. And that's what we need to lead. When you feel them dark times, when you feel that depression, when you feel what's going on in your life, if you got to pick the Bible up and just start reading, if you got to pick the Bible up and just hold it to pray, that's where we need to be turning to is prayer, turning to God, not turning away from God. Just like Melody, she went through all this. That eight years she would have been out there in that world, them eight years, she could have just said, to heck with you, God, I'm done. This is it. The pastor turned on me. This person turned on me, you know, and that's rolling through your head. You know, it's going, it's like a bouncy ball over and over and over, you know, and uh, you could have easily just said, to heck with it. I'm done. I'm not going back to church. Don't want nothing to do with it. Don't want a part of it and easily shut that door. But God saved you and turned you around for a reason because he seen the future of you and seen your season of life of where you're going to be now. Melanie's a big part of this church. She is the she's the head honcho up there at the door when you come in. She's got the prettiest smile and the prettiest laugh, and she always welcomes you, and she's real nice. But, you know, just don't think because somebody's looking all perfect, they got it going on because people don't know what's going on behind closed doors. So a lot of people, there are a lot of atheists mm-hmm. that, see the problem of suffering yeah. and they say, well, God must not exist since there's suffering. So you, you, you mentioned, I think eight years yeah. of trying, um, trying, wrestling with faith. Yeah. Maybe what, like what was kind of the turning point of stepping back into faith and turning back towards God? And maybe you didn't turn away from God, but how, how did you, how did you continue to relate to God, and what was your turning point back towards faith in God? Well, I think some of that was honestly my healing journey through getting professional counseling and professional help and learning how to getting to a place where I was, you know, mentally and emotionally stable enough to do it. But there was a lot of, um, a lot of times when I would try to go to church and I felt so broken um, that I couldn't survive the whole service, I would just break down and have to leave. Um, it was really tough, but I think life is very lonely alone and you have to reach a point where you're willing to be vulnerable and to put yourself out there again. Um, whether that's through a church body or opening yourself up to friendships, relationships of any kind, things like that. So you have to reach a tipping point where you're willing to take that step of faith and say, the scriptures clearly called us not to do life alone. We're meant to do it together as a body. And either I can obey God or I cannot obey God. So, you know, I had the desire in my heart all those years to be part of the body. But I think I was really scared because I had been so hurt that I didn't know what that would look like for me. Um, But praise God, you know, I put in the work to deal with processing all the the hurt and grief and pain. And I remember my first Sunday here, um, I grew up here, but I moved out of state for a number of years. And when I came back, um, I came to Crossroads and uh, 
Pastor Robert met me the first week I was back, and I knew in my heart then that this was where God was calling me to. It was just very um, welcoming. Um, I felt a peace here that I hadn't felt anywhere else I had visited. Um, So God just really, at that moment, I really felt God impressing on my spirit, like, this is where you need to be. You need to come home, literally. So um, it was a... It was an important turning point for me. You know, some people don't get that kind of help or get that feeling, and the first thing they usually turn to is is drugs or alcohol. But see, here's the thing with drugs or alcohol. You can take, 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 but when the drugs or alcohol wear off, it comes right back. So that's why people try to get that next high and stay high so they can, you know, wash away their pain. You know, you think about a lot of our veterans, what they've seen, what they've been through. I mean, they've had friends just literally get their body blown up in front of them. And I mean, you know, you know, and, and bad stuff happen, and they come home, and they don't really give them no canceling. They just say, poop, here you go. They give them a little brief down. I got a buddy of mine told me about it. They just give them a little brief down, and, you know. But now the same thing with firefighting, the same thing with policing, all that's changed. They got chaplains that come in and, and help you go through if you've seen something real traumatic and you need some help. They'll help you get. They'll help you get it now. But back in the day, they didn't do that. Like with the Vietnam vets, they just threw them to the wolves and said, "Hey, it's tough." And that's why a lot of people didn't make it. You know, I had a friend of mine's dad that was in the Vietnam War and he went to canceling. He had to go to canceling every week because it still bothered him. Certain noises, certain sounds. And he'd always sleep with his eyes open. And we stayed at his house one night. And a buddy, my, they told him, a buddy of mine told him, said, hey, don't go in there and mess with him. You know, and didn't tell him why. And they went in there and messed with him. And he put that poor old boy in some kind of chokehold about killing him because, I mean, he thought he was having, you know, flashbacks from the war. And and he was out. He got clean and all that later on in life, you know, he did it for himself. But I mean, as a, you know, you know, I have to sit back and think about it. We didn't really know nothing about that. We, as kids, you know, we just—he was just trying to be funny, but it wasn't funny to him. You know, so there you go. It goes back to you never know what somebody's thinking, what somebody's going through. You know, it's a lot of the, 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 the school shootings and stuff we see now. A lot of it is because you don't got parents at home being parents, like my parents coming up. You know, they was older, and they had their old school ways, and they were setting their ways. But a lot of us, you know, culture, YouTube, uh, TikTok, they see stuff on there they think it's funny. And it's not, but, you know, back in the day, men used to be men. They try to take care of their kids. Even if they wasn't in their life, they would try to take care of them. But now, a lot of these men, they don't care. And that's what's wrong with society and culture, is they don't care. What can the church do about that? All we need to do is just keep loving on people and doing what we're doing. You know, everybody that walks through the store, you got to let them know you're there, you love them. We just can't give up. I mean, you know, it's like I... I'm, I I call them the grumpy old men. Daryl and them, I'm giving y'all a shout out here. So if you're listening, 
they talk about this mobile home park right up the road here. They talked about up one time they went in there, and they tried to, you know, go in there and help them or something, and they run them out. You know, like, oh, they was too prideful. They didn't want their help. And it, and it bothers, you know, it, it bothers somebody. What can we do to get up there in that trailer park? What can we do to help them? How can we get in there? All we got to do is go up in there and, and plant some seeds. Some, we can't be the water. We All we can do is plant seeds. And, I mean, it's just giving them a gift card, maybe giving them $10, maybe doing something. Or go up in there and do a little cookout thing or something and plant that seed. But, you know, it bothers somebody when you ride by and you see it and they, and they run them out. You know, it, it, it's, it's a shame that it's come to something like this. And I don't have all the answers to fix it. And I'm not God and I can't fix it. But all you can do, I heard somebody on the other day, I was listening to something and they was talking about, all God wants us to do is go plant the seed. We can't sit there and water it. And they wasn't trying to be mean or cruel, you know, because, you know, all you can do is go in there and give that little seed and it's up to them to water it to a degree. That's right. And we we never know what people are going through. Yeah, we're supposed to be there for people, be loving and welcoming to people, and you never know what people have going on in their personal life. You don't. I mean, and that's you know, it's sad. But I, I tell you what we're going to do right now. You know, no matter what you're going through, guys, this is coming from... All of us, no matter what you're going through, you might think it's the end of the world. You might think there's no hope, but I can promise you this. All I need y'all to do is let's just pray together. And if this is going out there to somebody that really needs it and thinks there is no light at the end of the tunnel, I'm here to tell you, we've all been through it and there is light at the end of the tunnel. You just got to be patient, and we're going to take the time right here, and we're going to say this prayer, and I'd love for you to say it with us, and we're going to plant this seed, and we're going to pray this, and we're going to ask for healing. We're going to ask God to take all your pains, your desires, and everything that that you want taken away. We're going to believe it, and we're going to receive it. And after we get done, I want you to go find, and it don't have to be our church it can be any church you want to go to. I want you to 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 go, start going to church, get involved, stay there if you feel led to be there, and keep your faith in God and don't give up. But we're going to say this prayer. Lord, we come to you in this time right now. you got a lot of hurt people out there, and they think there is no hope. There is no light at the end of the tunnel. But we know you have moved mountains, you have healed people, and you have saved many, many of lives. And you have not gave up on them. So I want you, Lord, to knock on their door, put your arms around them, and love them and hold them tight, and let them know you're here with them through thick, thin, and the end. Because without you... Nothing is possible. And you just continue loving on them, praying for them, and loving on them. And 
if they fall off the wagon once or twice, it's sometimes it happens. But you continue showing them that love. You continue showing them that sign that you still love them no matter what. And you let them be a light and a beacon to other people where they can get out and tell their testimony and how they can show the love and show the same thing they're going through. Jesus, you are the light, you are the way, and we pray this in Jesus' name. We say, amen. <laughs> Thank you for that prayer, Robert. Thank you for your testimony, Melanie. That was very courageous of you. And I wanted to end with a couple of thoughts from Scripture that come to mind regarding suffering. The Apostle Paul said that God has given him a thorn in his flesh. We have no idea what that might have been, but it was something that he begged God to take away, and it persisted through his entire life. And he wrote in Romans that he, it says, What can separate us from the love of God? Can persecution, death, famine, sword, nothing, neither life nor death, can separate us from the love of God? And it says somewhere else that, it may be that same Romans 8 passage, but somewhere else in the New Testament it says, Nothing, no suffering on earth is even worth comparing to the glory that we will experience with God in heaven. It's Romans 8, 18. Is it Romans yeah. 8? Okay, so Romans 8, guys. Like Romans 8 mm -hmm. is a suffering passage um, and a glory passage. So the reality is, like we've talked about, we have all experienced various forms of suffering, and the Bible tells us that also in Hebrews that Jesus, our high priest, is able to sympathize with our weaknesses and with our suffering because he himself suffered. He himself, he lived a very hard life, especially the three years that we're enlightened to. We don't know what his first 30 years was like. And like you mentioned, being a part of a community. So the faith fellowship is not meant to be done alone. Faith needs to be accompanied with, with fellowship and community. And the church is and ought to be a beautiful expression of kingdom fellowship. And also, if you are listening and you're, 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 you're saying, you know what, I've got this, this mental block, this thing that I can't get rid of on my own, Guys, find a. Um, I, we would encourage you to find a professional counselor, and they'll help you. They're trained, and will help you sort through the emotional um, realm that is very can be very difficult to understand. You can't just sometimes you can't just think your way out of it. You can't sometimes you can't just read enough Bible verses. Sometimes you need to go get professional help, and. We need to see professional help as God's provision. God will lead you to get help. Kind of like if you're sick, God will lead you. God might lead you to a doctor. And we just want to encourage you in that. There's, there's some good help around here. Maybe that's something we need to put on the website if you need some counseling. Maybe send, sure. them, send them to somewhere, you know? Yeah, what I mean? and we have, and that's the thing. Yeah, reach out to friends, reach out to us on staff here at Crossroads or um, someone that you know. But yeah, we, we have some folks that we recommend who are, who, are, who are really great. 
And God is the one who gives hope. This coming Sunday, we're talking about how the Israelites were exiled in Babylon, and they said, we are hopeless. There may be times when you feel like you're hopeless, kind of like we read in Psalm earlier that David felt like he was hopeless because Saul was chasing him, literally trying to kill him. He felt hopeless. You are not hopeless. You have hope in God. He is the one who gives life, and he gives goodness, yet we might walk through life with hardship. But he wants to reconcile your situation and to give life and to bring healing and bring restoration to brokenness. So continue to press on, continue to draw near to the Lord, even in times when you don't feel like it. And we hope and pray that today's conversation and especially Melanie's testimony that she has shared has served to encourage you and uh, build you up in your faith. And it's our hope and prayer that, that this podcast will encourage you in your faith journey with Jesus Christ.